This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This is the Besotted Pride of West London podcast, and we're back in the virtual joint. Been a bit busy this week, and probably a little bit gutted after Saturday didn't quite go according to plan. As you know, we lost to Brighton, our first league game of the season that we lost, well, first game of the season that we lost, and uh, we sort of had to sort of try and get over it. Sort of kind of a very strange feeling getting over a loss because it's been quite a while since we've actually seen a loss. In the flesh. My name's Billy Grant and I'm like I said to you, I'm sitting here in the virtual joint with my chums. Laney is in the house. Laney, how are you? Good afternoon. Yes, I'm very good actually. Um, yeah, the, I'm not, I, wasn't, I wasn't feeling the deflate. Um, it's, not, it's not very nice, is it? Um, I thought it was going to last forever. But uh, it's, it shows you in the Premier League, you've got to wait a week to, uh, to put it right. In the Championship, you know, you, uh, you, you fart and it's, it's game time again. So uh, it's, uh, yeah, so I, I watched some champ- championship, championship games last night and there's some more tonight. And uh, yeah, they, they, they're already trying to put defeats behind them from the weekend. So yeah, it's, uh, you know, Wolves is an important one, mate. Yeah, yeah, nothing lasts forever. I have to admit, actually, it's funny because if you looked around, I think it just shows to show you can never take the uh, you can never take the Premier League team out of the Championship, really, can you? Like you know, like us. And I was there watching uh, Championship games, sort of going, oh, I quite quite miss this. Like you know, I watched the QPR game. I think quite a few Bees fans were watching the QPR game, and I have to admit, against Bournemouth, and I'm not overly keen on Bournemouth either at the moment now, but um, I thoroughly enjoyed that game. Actually, it was uh, quite blood and thunder, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was. It was. A, it was. It was a, a decent match. But you kind of realise why the blood and thunder is what they. It's what they're trying to achieve. They're trying to achieve a place in the Premier, which is what we did. We did it last season. So yeah, it's it's good to observe, but um, it's kind of satisfactory to kind of sit back and kind of not bask in it, but kind of just be confident um, in the fact that we're we're a Premiership team. We just have to maintain that for next season. Yeah, indeed. And listen, we've got the Liberal Nick in the house. I haven't been on the show for a while. The Liberal Nick, how are you? I'm very good. This is my first Premier League experience. So I am really up for this, you know, glad to have been shuffled back into a position. 
I'm going to tell you something, Mel. The thing about it is that we actually did wait until today, Liberal Nick, because we knew that this would be your day to have a bit of a cabinet reshuffle. Okay, we had to move a few people left, a few people right, a few people were on holiday, a few people uh, weren't on holiday, you know, they just got they just got kicked out, like, you know. But Liberal Nick, you got brought back into the frame. And are you feeling good about it? I am indeed, yeah. R- moving up, moving up the charts, being afraid. I, but I just do want to pick you and Laney up on one point. What are you doing watching Championship football? It's no interest anymore, you know. We're a Premier League team. No interest, no I interest. It. I love know. it. I still love it. I think it's great. Gotta got let it. Gotta let it lie, Bill. Gotta let it lie. <laughs> can't can't beat a bit of ELL. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Especially can't beat a bit of QBR not being able to put the ball in the back of the net in the last few minutes as well. So, but anyway, look, we've got a bit of a show on for you today. We're going to talk about well, what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about well, the Brighton game at the weekend. We're going to have a look forward to the Wolves game. We've got the usual characters on board. We've got Will the Spreadsheet Winker. We've got JB as well doing his stuff. And also we've got Rick as well from Wolves. He goes the Wolves fan cast as well. And he's going to be giving us the lowdown on what's going down up in Wolverhampton, which we'll be going to on Saturday. But listen, first of all, I'll tell you something. Let's have a little look around what's going on. I mean, what's been going down, Laney? Do you know your place, Laney? Do you know your place? Well, I've been told that I've... Not, I've got no right to comment on other teams. Um, you know, like you know, when we we were sort of a little bit not embarrassed, but we were told that we weren't allowed to talk about the Arsenal game or bang on about it um, the week afterwards. Um, it seems that that's a bit catching. I think people or fans of certain clubs don't like to be told or don't like the opinions of people that they or people fans or employees of clubs that they don't think are um, worthy to express opinions um, we saw that with Thomas Frank he mentioned um, he was asked about Ronaldo um, his, you know his return at 36 to Man United and he kind of said well you know he's probably not as good as he was 12 years ago 13 years ago um, and he got lambasted for, for saying that. Then, obviously, Gary Neville says exactly the same thing, and, you know, it, it's OK for him to say that. It's, it's interesting. I think one of the comments was Thomas Frank, he beats Arsenal and he thinks he's Bono, is what one person <laughs> said. And yeah. I just wondered, is Bono a football manager by any chance? <laughs> I, don't, I, don't get, I don't get what that analogy means, you know. Yeah, that's right, you know, yeah. He's probably getting him confused for Roy Keane. Um, <laughs> You know, and then we saw that Ivan Tony's expressed some opinions of Arsenal um, this week, and again, he's he's uh, it's kind of red red rag to a, to some balls. So, isn't so it? what exactly did Ivan Tony say, Laney? Um, I think he was basically well, I'll paraphrase him. I think he was saying Arsenal are crap. Um, <laughs> or they're, or they're not going to win anything this year. They're not the team they were. Um, they're not going to win anything under Arteta, and um, they, they need, need a striker. striker. Ooh, yes, well, you... that was that was that was probably the more that was probably the one. Oh, okay, oh, we see what you're up to here, mate. <laughs> yeah, you haven't got to be Sherlock, you know. That was the that, that was the build up to yeah. they need to buy me, doesn't it? So uh, he's kind of saying the next manager needs to buy me at Arsenal, and I will help them win something. But you know, I've got I've got five or six Arsenal authors that write for me, and they all say exactly the same thing as Ivan. Tony said so you know uh, one's a, one, one lot of you know uh, uh, fans and writers and one's a pro footballer I think I think they're both able to express their own opinions without sort of being sort of lambasted or 
pointed at to know your place, as it were. So, so, so a question, I mean, I've got a question, because this is quite an important question, because what we've noticed is that obviously we've been in the Championship for a while, was it seven years or whatever it was? We were there for quite a while and we were in the, the lower reaches for, 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 I think, infinity minus one or something like that, you know? So minus we, two, minus two. Okay, that's right. And we were known down there and we were respected down there. I suppose whatever we said just, just goes. But all of a sudden, we've come into the Premier League. Uh, we've said a few things. We've said things as a podcast and the other po- podcast people, other people weren't happy when we, we mentioned, you know, we talked about the Arsenal game. They weren't happy about that. Obviously, Thomas Frank, Ivan Tony have talked about things and people have said to him what they're talking about. How could Brentford say this? They're not allowed to talk about it. So how long or what, what do you need to do or, or where do you need to be before you can actually say anything? Uh, liberal. I think you need to have at least 30 years experience in the first division. Uh, You need to have won the European Cup, first division or Premier League. Uh, Sorry, Um, because there was life before the Premier League. I have to remember this, Um, you know, bit of of respect, bit of knowledge. Uh, You have to have won the European uh, Championship, uh, the, the European Cup at least once. Uh, you have to have won the FA Cup on several occasions, and and if you win the Mickey Mouse League Cup, well, that probably gives you a chance to be second in line with your opinions. No, I mean you know the Premier League is a big boys club; it has twenty members. Thomas Frank is as entitled to his view as Steve Bruce is entitled to his. Um, there is absolutely no doubt at all that Thomas Frank is one of the better educated footballing managers in in the Premier League at the moment and when it comes to his coaching ability and his man management I would take Thomas over the majority of the uh, Premier League managers probably probably at the very top you can't say that Guardiola is the good head coach and manager and man manager you can't say that Thomas Tuchel is the same but you know Thomas Frank is up there amongst some one of the best man managers and tactical managers in the Premier League, and I think we ought to, you know, w- w- people ought to listen I mean, to what I, he has to say. Your thoughts on that? Because obviously, I mean, I'm I'm a bit sort of kind of not say dumbfounded about it, but I'm a, I'm a little bit almost like I'm not quite sure when or what to say at the moment, no, because you know, you know, this is a new league for us, and uh, I mean, how do we play this? Well, I mean, you know, it's one of my sayings, isn't it? We don't need anyone's permission to enjoy ourselves. We don't need anyone's permission to share what we think. You know, um, Nick alluded to it really that we've our football journey from from the from the bottom division to the top division is exceptional. We we we've learned along the way, and um, I'd say we probably know more about football in the 360 degreeness of the game. Um, and the modern game, and um, then then people that have just been exposed to the Premier League. You know, we we know about the Prem. We've watched we've watched it week in week out. We're, we're knowledgeable fans. We're able to express that. I think it's a case of uh, you know people should listen to what's being said, not who's saying it. Really, and um, if if at the end of whoever's saying it, it's gobbledygook, then 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 criticise them. But it's, if 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 at the end of what's been said, you think yeah, that's that's a fair point, then. You know they they're entitled to say it, whether it's you know whether it is as 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 Nick said, whether it is Steve Bruce or whether it is uh, you know um, um, Shulshar or whether it's whoever you know they're Premiership managers and they should they should be given the respect that the uh, their achievements uh, deserve. 
tell you what's actually interesting I heard and this is uh, this is well on the street but this is actually quite true is that uh, we're going to be experienced also and uh, might know your place but we're going to be experiencing uh, interesting uh, um, sort of, uh, you know kind of I say body language but from uh, some of our rivals because when the, some of the bigger clubs come in you know maybe sort of like maybe your Liverpool's or your Man United's or your Man City's you know we've got a way about doing things but apparently you know from what I've heard it's going to be the, uh, I think a few of them call the shots when it comes to, you know, what happens and where they go and what they can do. It's almost like, even though it's your home ground, maybe it's not, um, maybe you don't necessarily have full control over what's going on down there. Because again, you know, because these teams have been around for so long, they were saying, this is what we do, this is how we do it. And if you don't like it, it's tough, which is quite interesting because obviously we, we don't know our place. Uh, well, um, sorry, hang on, are you saying that... Teams come into our home stadium and dictate how they will arrive, how you know how many people can talk to talk to them, uh, what whether they get pizza with olives on uh, or whether they get pizza with mozzarella on. I mean, you know, this is again. I'm speaking to some of my chums from other teams who 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 who, who have got ins with the people up there this is what i've been told yes uh, again i mean you've given a few examples there but it's it, there's definitely a case of this is we do what we want uh and so it's going to be quite interesting when these bigger teams come down to Bradford because uh, as long as they take their shoes to that. as long as they take their shoes off when they come in through the front door i don't mind you <laughs> know yeah yeah but i mean i think i i think that's a good way of, of brentford you know we've got to be confident we do we do do things differently to to most other clubs and why should we conform in terms of expressing an opinion you know we we what we're we're a lot of teams strive to be as well run as us and you know and the people at the top they've got they they don't, they don't have to know their place you know it's you know it'd be interesting on, on saturday because you know bruno lager at, um, at wolves he's, he's achieved absolutely nothing in the english game um but he's technically a bigger club is is you know thomas frank's achieve more so surely he's a you know if you're going to play it like that then you know his opinion counts more but you know that's 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 not the way it is isn't it you don't prejudge people like that you just got to listen to what they say surely no 100% 100% listen Listen, moving on, listen, moving on. If you listen to the Weekend Review podcast, we've got a new podcast on Sundays, the Weekend Review, very short, concise. We talk about the game at the weekend. And uh, I brought up my stinker as well, you know, which I said the stinker of the the weekend. For me, I talked about the fact that the stewards are actually making people sit down in the West Stand, which is not cricket, as they say. Well, it's not cricket at all, because it's actually football. And uh, and as as anyone will know, the West Stand is an area where it was basically meant to be the standing area, even though officially you can't be called the standing area. But, you know, the seats were stolen, the fact that it's going to be much more lively in that section than other sections. But we actually had stewards who actually... um, telling people to sit down and getting them to sit down and even people around me and sitting next to me were being told to sit down which wasn't the one now like I said to you you know Bias will be chatting to them and I think Bias is going to be sort of raising this with the club as well but you know again we just we mentioned it briefly on 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 on, on, on Sunday Mumi Laney and, uh, and and the Radders man but I mean it's listen listen I'm I'm, 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 I'm not into this whole kind of slagging the club off and criticising because I think that in the very early days you still are going to get a lot of kind of teething problems and I'm just I'm liking to think that this is a teething problem that they're going through and, and it needs to be sorted out don't you Laney? 
Sorry, it's a, it seems like we're having a different teething problem every week at the moment. You know, uh, the the turnstile ones, the tech one. I think you've got to give them the benefit of the doubt there. The telling people to sit down is something that's been instructed from above. Um, so you know, they, they, the stewards don't just take it upon themselves to do that they've been told to walk around point at people individually and tell whole rows of people to sit down and and i say that's out of order actually and not in the spirit of the west end it's definitely not what was um it's definitely not what was hinted at and was discussed um before we actually moved into lionel road and when we bought our season tickets for it so it is something that does need to be sorted out asap Definitely, definitely. And also, and again, the other stinker I brought up is the, the away fans not getting beer in the uh, in the away end. The You know, the Brighton fans didn't get any beer. The Arsenal fans didn't get any beer. I mean, the Arsenal fans are really unhappy. Uh, the Brighton fans are really happy in the end because they won. But you think the idea is that, you know, if we went down to Brighton and they decided not to serve us, I mean, I don't drink in the grounds anyway, so for me it doesn't matter, but I'm thinking about other fans here myself. And if, if we went to Brighton and Brentford fans weren't allowed to, 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 to get beer, I think that's a bit not on, and especially as they always go out, they they wear the Brentford shirts, they put the signs up saying, thanks for coming down, Brentford, and they serve us. They even get London Pride in, and they serve that for us. So I think that, you know, do as you want um, to others as you want to be done to yourself, yeah, yeah. as they say, yeah. innit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, it, it, again, it's, it's a slightly odd um, quirk in, in policy, and I think it does need a rethink. You know, um, we spoke, you know, saying the reason for it at, at Griffin Park was the fact that the, the away end wasn't quite big enough. It wasn't enough toilets. Um, there wasn't there wasn't enough sort of catering space to, to, to kind of do all of that. It was bottlenecks. I mean, are we are we is it something to do with that? Is the away end not quite big enough? Um, no, I haven't, I haven't been. Not. I haven't been round there. No, if no, it's, if it's, it's not, not that. that. No, the reason, if it's not that. The reason is another another, another rethink is needed. Then yeah, the re- it's because the, it's because it's fan, it's fan behaviour, and uh, like I said to you, it's about fan behaviour, and, and fans behave better if they haven't got beer, apparently. But I think that you know, there's there's you, that, this is a conversation that could go on for a very 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 long time, and I don't think we've got time for this at the moment now. But I think we need to have a bit of a rethink about that one uh, as a club. We, we as Besotted have actually sort of contacted the club about it and we said, look, and listen, you know, it's early days, we understand, but let's look out for our opposition. If we're going to do them, let's do them on equal measures, you know. At the end of the day, them singing hopefully raises the home crowd as well. So as far as I'm concerned, you know, I'd, 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 like, the, the, I'd like the opposition to get the same thing as we'd like to get when we go to their ground as well. Just, just one last thing, Laney, anyone for tennis... I was feeling that no, tennis match. And <laughs> n- absolutely no interest. <laughs> uh, I, listen, I know the, the, the liberal Nick, that would be right up your street, that tennis match. You were probably sitting there with a glass of Pims and all sorts. Absolutely. And waving my union jack and saying, good on you, Emma. Yeah, go, yeah, fantastic result right. that was. You know, right. Best sporting performance of the year. Indeed it is as well, though. Good, good. I must admit, I, I stayed up for that. Um, it was after the game on Saturday as well, which perked me up after losing to uh, to Brighton. And I thought she's very good. And uh, yeah, well, roll on, roll on. The next one, very really, is you know, probably gutted. Wimbledon might have to even watch Wimbledon next year for the first time in a long time. A steady on anyway. We're not talking about AFC Wimbledon either. But anyway, we are going to take a little break, have a little drink, come back, and we're going to talk about the Brighton. So, Brentford nil, Brighton won. Saturday, we talked about it a lot. 
um, over the weekend in the pub. We talked about it a lot in the the weekend review podcast. You can check that on Pride of West London. There's me, there's Laney, and there's Radders in the house having a soft, sharp discussion on what went down there as well. And uh, like I said to you, there's a number of points came out of that as well. But the interesting thing as well is that, you know, when you talk about it 24 hours later, it's very, very different sometimes to how it feels immediately after the game. So what we're going to do is we're going to go back to listen to what the fans had to say immediately after the game, both Brentford and Brighton fans, after the match. You've got to take your chances. You know, they proved that. You've got too many good players in this division to give chances away and not take your own. You know, probably should have closed them down quicker for the goal, for sure, but we should have been two or three clear by then. Uh, and there's a lesson that we've got to start scoring our goals. Overall, we played well, we matched them. You know, if there's a team that have won three out of four. I think we created a lot of chances in the first half. Uh, most of them came to Buemo. Uh, I mean, you know, there's only really one shot um, on target, I think, from us. Uh, you know, we, we kept them at bay. We kept them at bay for a long, long period to that, that half. Um, in the second half, we kind of backed off a little bit with 15 to go. And I think they just had their tails up and uh, they're just a little bit more, just a little bit more, uh, I don't know, sort of class in front of goal, I think. They've got a few players that can score. We know about Mope. Josta took his goal very well. They've got some good, good forward players. I think we just, uh, we just lack very slightly. Another time, that'll be a draw. And you could see him running out of steam, especially the attacking players. We, we just, this is such hard work for us in this division. We've been playing amazing, but it's obviously been such, such hard work. And I think they have just run out of that steam. I think maybe tactically we're a little bit negative towards the end and we settled for the draw, which I could totally understand. But I think this is really a lesson for us in the Premier League. That is, you can't have 15 chances and not score one because they're going to get one against you. And... It's been, it's been a great match to watch and they've done really, really well, but I think it's a lesson. It's a, it's a lesson. I thought they'd given up uh, halfway through the second half, Brighton. It didn't look like they wanted a win, apart from Trossard was their only player creating that one single chance. Other than that, Brentford's tackling was amazing, but he just cut across the box. We dropped. After about 75 minutes, they're just the energy levels dropped, I think. We made the substitutions, but somehow the energy still didn't seem to get up back... To where it was, especially after Baptiste went off, I thought. I thought Baptiste did a great job. It's a lesson in taking your chances. I think if Brian had put away one of those in the first half, that game was after the taking. I think Norgard was at his best today. I always think when Norgard plays well, Brentford played well. We just weren't quite there today. Just weren't we're close, but not, not at our best today. Uh, I thought we had four four good chances, and it's just a bit disappointing that that you know they didn't look that great to me, and then they just like. It was a good goal that they scored, but really, I think we'll be very disappointed. And I think it just goes to show that in this league, you've got to really take your chances. You probably had the better chances in the game. We weren't really in the game at all. First 10-15, we were okay. After that, pretty poor, to be fair. And then I think, it, I wouldn't say it was a smash and grab, but I'll say it was just a, a nick at the end. A nick at the end, really, that was it. We just didn't have a, there was nobody with a big spark today. But yeah, I agree with you. Three points on uh, next week at uh, Molyneux. We'll all be laughing. So there you have it, Bees and Brighton fans after the match. And I'll tell you, tell you something, the, what, the one thing actually that came out from that and listening to that and going around, I chat to quite a lot of people. It's funny because normally when you do a post-match podcast, when you've, when you've lost, 
<laughs> you literally can't find anyone to talk to. No one wants to talk to you. So normally they're sort of quite short, like, you know. Um, but that one, it was funny because everyone seemed to want to vent off and just say what they thought. And they were, in general, they were sort of quite positive, a bit gutted and a bit positive. So that was quite interesting. So it, it was sort of slightly longer from that extent. But then all of a sudden we bumped into some Brighton fans in the boozer as well and they really wanted to chat as well and you couldn't stop them and the one thing I noticed is that they were actually really quite complimentary of Brentford and they in effect they're saying we don't, you won't go down you're having a go you're doing the right things we were lucky you know that's what happens in the Premier League if you don't take your chances and I know we'd be saying it a lot but it's quite interesting hearing it from a, a rival club fans of a rival club and people that have been there and seen it and done it wasn't it Laney? Yeah, um, and I've just you know I just chopped up the uh, the audio for for those, for those sound bites you've just heard, and there was a you know it was all all of the, pretty much everywhere echoed the same points: chances missed, lack of energy in the final fifteen, learning curve, and it is really important to listen to away fans and and fans that have got experience of, of surviving in the prem, and I think. I, I've got a slight feeling, and I hope I'm right, that when we got to the championship, we thought, hold on a minute, this isn't as quite as tough as, as we thought. It, it's almost like sometimes getting to that division is the really hard bit, you know, getting out of the one below, the, com- the competition, the intense uh, fight week in, week out to, to get the results, to get you across the line. There's only like two or three, two automatic and a playoff place to get into that into that division above and once you've acclimatized to it a bit you think oh actually we can, we can relax and I'm not saying we can relax because I, I think that would be foolish but the important thing is that we competed in every single match um, we haven't looked for one minute I don't think um, like we're in the wrong division we're out of our depth we are not a premiership football club and now there's a long way to go and um, part of me is like and this is only me as a fan this isn't I know the club aren't thinking like this you know it's kind of like slowly slowly don't 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 mug yourself off don't get too not above yourself not not knowing your place like we talked about earlier not that not that but let's not end up with with egg on our faces by saying oh look at us you know we're 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 the real deal we're we're here for we're here for years now there's nothing I've seen so far that makes me think that we aren't going to be here next season and after the many years that I've watched Premiership football on TV, I've seen loads of worse teams than us every season that survive, let alone get relegated. So if we can just keep up the standards we've set, I think we're going to be OK. And, and I think that comes across from listening to those Brighton fans. They've known how bad they've been at times the last couple of seasons and they survived so their barometer is one we also take the measurements from Liberal Nick I'm just wondering um, because obviously me and Laney we did the podcast on Sunday and we gave our main takeaways but I'm wondering what is your main takeaway from that match at the weekend you've got to take your chances in this league um, you need to be ruthless uh, we had four or five good chances um, well we had four or five Chances of which probably three were uh, were were good. You've got to take one of them. I mean, uh, Ivan was uh, uh, aiming to score another audacious goal almost from the halfway line. Um, if that had got in, it would have been you know 
uh, would have rivaled anything. Do you remember in the championship uh, playoff final, he almost scored a goal like he attempted uh, on Saturday, which didn't go in. But no, going back to it, you've just got to be ruthless. We can't afford not to take a chance and got to be playing for 90, 90 plus minutes as well. That's the other thing. I felt that um, come the substitutions, the quality slightly dropped, possibly the energy slightly dropped as well. You can't start playing out for a draw. You can't sort of just try to keep holding it tight. You've got to go for it. You've got to be ruthless in the Premier League. And that's, you know, that's a streak that we need to start installing in ourselves and in the team. Uh, otherwise, might be skirting around with uh, relegation uh, problems if we don't do that but on the whole uh, as I said this has been my first Premier League uh, podcast and on the whole I've been pretty impressed by the way that the team has um, been playing I don't think that we have got uh, I don't think we've been overawed by being in the league at all I think some teams um, that come up into the Premier League do get a bit worried and um, put it this way I'd far rather be a Brentford fan at the moment than an Norwich fan yeah, liberal. I mean, it's interesting you say that, and, and, and Lane as well. He's mentioned the fact you know we've got to take our chances, um, but but the reality is, that, I mean, again, it's similar. Like you know, we talked about the Arsenal game, and the Arsenal, they, you know, they had twenty two chances, but most of their chances were from outside the box. They were sort of like minus, you know, less than you know, less than ten percent. A lot of them, you know, the Brentford chances, other than the um, uh, other, other than the Bremer chance that he had on, I think it's twenty six. 24 minutes, which is 26%. So one in four of those um, recorded have gone in the back of the net. All the other chances we had, even though they looked great and they were good, they were actually sort of low quality. Doesn't mean that they couldn't have scored, like in, in Bremer when he, you know, just before half time, you know, that was 6%. You know, he had another chance as well, which was, I don't know, I think it was even less than that. It was uh, on 24 minutes, which was actually 4% from outside the area. And the Ivan Tony chance that he had, which is a brilliant chance. And obviously, if he'd scored it, it just goes to show you the skill and how he did it. One in a hundred of those that I've recorded actually go in the back of the net. So even though it was very close, what I'm trying to say to you is that we weren't creating big chances. And, you know, our actually was only about just over 0.5, you know, which, was, uh, which wasn't great. So I know it's not all about stats because you take those chances and the, and the game changes. But what, I'm, what I think I'm saying is that we are, over the last few games, have been creating a lot less. Our defence has been really good. Defence, I mean, I mean, Brighton created almost nothing. They had one chance. You know, their, their XG was like 0.18, I think it was. And that was pretty much through one chance. So we're being very tight. But I'm wondering also, is it because we are being so tight, it was also limiting the amount of chances that we are creating because we're we almost like we're going defence first? Without being a defensive team, we're going defence first. Does that make sense, Laney? Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. We are kind of um, finding our way, and and I, and I think that it's not conceding goals, not giving away stupid goals, um, keeping yourself in a game, um, and uh, and not, trying not to go behind. I mean, we've not. It was the first time we've gone behind in a game, and there was no time to to come back. Um, it'll be interesting if we 
do go behind a lot earlier, you know, early in the in the first half and see how we cope with that. We didn't really get a chance to learn anything about our sort of bounce back ability at this level. I, I, don't, I, I just don't think we ought to. There's no reason after four games to doubt ourselves in our chance creation, our quality chance creation. And although um, strikers, you know, Mbwemo particularly had um, a bit of a bit of an off day, we've we've seen him score those goals lots you know it's almost like a trademark of his that he cuts inside curls it in with his left um so yeah i i you know it has to be a learning curve and it's again cliche but hey you know it's, it's, it's a fact the liberal this was the first game i've seen um in a while for brentford where i actually thought that we lost possession quite a bit we kept we gave we gave the ball away and the one thing i noticed in the few of the games i was thinking oh you know we're holding on to the ball. We're not giving the ball away needlessly in the midfield. But in this game, I thought that we did do. Did, did you notice that? Uh, it stood out a bit. I mean, although that was slightly unfair on somebody like Shandon Baptiste, who playing his first game in the Premier League, did really well, actually, I thought, for us. Um, didn't didn't look out of place and, and came in well. Ball stick to his feet. He's, he was unbelievable. Ball did stick to his feet. I thought it was... Um, when he was going through, I was thinking, how is that ball sticking to his feet? You know, but in yeah. other areas, I thought we were losing yeah, the ball. But, yeah, but can I, can, can I just come back up to this point about goal scoring? I mean... You know, you do need to take the chances in this league, however small they might be. And my slight, and I'm, you know, I'm not saying you shouldn't start the next game or anything, but my slight concern is that you referred earlier in the introduction to watching championship games. Championship is a much, you've got more games in the championship. And if you're not scoring goals, you've got perhaps two or three games to um play around with the team, play around with the tactics to make sure that you, you get back into goal-scoring form. In the Premier League, you've only got 38 games a season. You haven't got time to, 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 to carry anybody. You haven't got time for play, people to play themselves back into form. Um, you haven't got time for players to start scoring goals. They need to be on the, on the ball every week. Um, and and banging them in, and that's my slight worry. Is that sometimes it's the same? Some people say that Thomas Frank sometimes makes his substitute substitutions too late. Um, you know, we can argue about that till the cows come home, whether it's late or not or not. But is he prepared to sometimes take the really hard decision? Is that if you're not quite at it, and he'll see them in training, of course, and we don't. If you're not quite at it, sorry, got to be out and somebody in in your place it's a it's a very fine line and I'm absolutely not going to say that that Brian should be dropped for the game on Saturday but you know you our strikers our attacking force needs to start make sure that they start scoring goals okay so the liberal I mean you've 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 brought up a point here and I'm going to ask you straight up then um you know where would you go I mean I would have asked you for the Wolves game but now that you've brought it up now I'm going to ask you where would you go for the game on Saturday, where would you go for the future? Would you swap it out? Would you take a player out, put somebody else in? Would you, you know, more attacking options, different person in defence? What's no, your solution? Defence is solid. Uh, midfield, I would start. I would start Jensen if he's if he's fit to, to start. I would definitely start Jensen because I think there is a bit of creation creation there. Uh, I would move over who? over Baptiste. Over who? Uh, I would. Uh, I would. I would also move Norgard slightly further up um, so that he again had the chance to create the stuff. 
but and, but I would actually still start with Bran and, and and Ivan because I think you know they would do. But this has got to be the force has got to be knocking on the door, and possibly if Bran, you know, if Bran, you you can't you you can never take Ivan off the pitch. If Mabuemo isn't isn't. Uh, looking like scoring after say 55 60 minutes then i think you've got to give force to go and go two up top laney have you got any thoughts on that that cabinet reshuffle there <laughs> well i've just heard from the nadine dorries of be sausage just just there um, um uh, that's right anytime mate um um not, not particular. I mean, obviously, I have got opinions, but I'm, I'm quite happy for for Thomas Frank to kind of like shuffle the pack as he sees fit. And I, and I think you know the the form that Shandon Baptiste had um, pre season was was excellent. You know, the goal he scored, Old Trafford, um, he, he 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 looked like um, he was he was ready for the the challenge, and I and I think he is. Um, and all the time, Josh the Silver's not in the in the frame i think it allows us to kind of um experiment a little bit um i'm I'm more concerned really about um jensen coming on and and the lack of kind of real impact that he had i i I, I do agree bill you you said something you know you've said it a couple of times about the fitness and I, i don't think it's a problem with the fitness i think we're as fit as fit as fuck but it's 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 i don't think the intensity is any anything that we've experienced and i think it's very difficult as fans to kind of realize that that there is no rest within that 90 minutes and when you're bringing on players uh like maz rosleff and he did nothing wrong um I, I just think you need to just be like literally bang on it, you know. And I, I, I don't think he has got that kind of Rico Henry pace, which is kind of what you're looking for from uh, from a wing back. Um, unless we're going to, you know, change formation if we're going to go for a point and and go to four at the back and 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 really shut up shop. But if we're actually trying to push forward for a win, not really convinced that gives us enough dynamism if I'm if I'm honest would you start Frank the Tank yeah I mean I I I would I mean he's you know he comes in becomes with you know huge huge plaudits from from people that have you know known better than we do at um, FCM Um, I just don't think he's I don't think he's fit Mm. Um, I don't Mm. think he's I don't think he's he's match fit Mm. so you know uh, he, he spent less time on the floor this game, but um, <laughs> it's uh, it's 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 I I don't I, I don't think we're privy to whether his ninety minutes match for it. I, I'd suggest that he probably isn't. And the one other person that I have difficulty seeing how you fit in is Rita, and I just wonder, you know, I can't quite see where he comes in. And for who? Um, and that's maybe my ignorance. But you know, somebody like the Allard would tell me instantly um, who he could replace. But uh, because actually, I do. You know, what I've seen of him, I'm quite excited by. So I just wonder where he gets into this. He's the pacey winger. He's. I mean, he's the pacey winger. And I think that. Um, I think we've seen what he's. I mean, he's quite keen. <laughs> you see, it's like he's quite keen, and and he's almost like trying a bit too hard. Uh, when he's come on. So I think that he's one of the players where I think he needs to acclimatise to this new league. So I think that's why we haven't thrown him in straight away. 
uh, and also, like I said to you, uh, defensively, he's uh, he, he, he needs a bit of work, you know. And, and as you know, Thomas Frank knows that you've got to be working on both sides. But he's obviously got the speed, and he's obviously really skillful. I mean, we saw him do a few things, and he's like really, really skillful. So I think you know, having a player can come on even if it comes on after sort of 70 minutes and terrorizes the bejesus out of people is the kind of player that we need so I, I think it's going to take a while for, to see what Wies is going to be like it's probably going to be after the second international break for sure you know probably even going into after the third international break which is in November and then maybe we'll see what he's like I mean Laney what are your thoughts on the Wiesa? yeah it's, it's still I mean it's the same with Thomas Thomas the Tank Engine. It's uh, it's you know it's, it's it's still it's really it's just really difficult to 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 really know. We haven't seen enough of them, and they haven't enough minutes uh, in the first team as yet. You know, it's, it's this is probably why and I know we'll we'll brush on the the Oldham Caribou Cup game. Um, you know, later on in the pod, but I think this is where both have to start. This is where we find out a little bit more about them. The only way they're going to really integrate and find out what they're capable of and how different and what extra they bring to the bring to the party is by giving them minutes on the pitch. And you know, at the moment, um, for whatever reason, they're not, they're not getting that. And I, I agree, Bill. I think Weiser is that wide left player, but. He equally can play down the middle and play off of Ivan Tony as a in a, in a more central role. But again, we we need he needs minutes. Talk, listen, just talking about Brighton. I mean, we, again in the weekend review, we talked about the the, the Brighton players um, that we thought did, did the business, and it's interesting because it came with a bit of a clean sweep. Uh, Basuma for Brighton, who we actually thought was uh, as a really good player. Now, I'm not saying that we should buy Basuma at all, but I'm just wondering whether or not. Was it? Do you think it's a case that Bazuma, for the time, because it didn't last for the full ninety, but he was right line for quite a bit of it. Do you think it was just a case that he had a good game, or do you think it is a case that he actually is a good player, and you could see that if he was maybe in our side, something that he could do, which was maybe different to some of the players that we have. I'm, I'm just wondering if it was a one-off moment, or did you see sort of a kind of a, a slight golfing class with with that one player? Because we did all talk about him. Mm. I think he's a golfing, not a golfing class as such, but I think he is an exceptional player. Mm. You know, we, we, in the last two games, we've seen like that Buendia and, and, and him and Basuma and there's, there's, there are, uh, and, and Trossage, there are, mo- there, there are moments of brilliance that have cost us. And, you know, you step off of them or you kind of, you lunge in instead of, you know, your, your defence creaks for, for the one time in a game and you concede. Um, but we, we're going to get that. We, we, this isn't the championship where our defenders are literally too good for the forwards. The, uh, probably most games, there's a forward that's probably too good for our defence in every game, and you have to be properly on it, and you, 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 you snooze for a second, it's in the back of the net. We saw it at Villa, we saw it last minute on Saturday. Trossard had one moment of quality, and that was the moment that he scored the goal. You know, um, he is he. Watching him on Saturday, you can tell why he starts for Belgium. He's a good, good, great player. Um, but you know, he had that one moment of quality, and you know, he scored the goal, and that's what we need to be getting to. I'm going to ask the question, okay, about a player there who talking about who played for England. What do you think of the Danny Welbeck? <laughs> I feel sorry for Danny Welbeck. I think he, you know, his career's been blighted a bit by injury, hasn't it? Um, uh, but I, 
he Welbeck strikes me as one of those characters who maybe thinks that he is should be the lead man in the team, and um, you know how much of a team player he is. I don't know, I, but he's been injured so often. I mean, you know, he should have been he he could and should have been an England regular by now he is that skillful but I just do wonder I wonder about his attitude is, that, is what I'm trying to yeah, say you, you weren't happy when he kicked off with you Laney no I wasn't happy but you know he's, he's clearly frustrated by by you know the way things are panning out for him it's, it's, it's sad to see really you know he's, he's, he, he was class wasn't he? Um, and he and he still probably is on his day but it's, you know his days are you know few and far between, and there's probably you know there's nothing really he can do about it. And you, and you can see it, you know when when he's probably thinking, oh God, you know I, I should be doing better, I should be doing better. And you know it's it's you know getting subbed off when you're having a hitty fit, it, it it's a little bit embarrassing. And uh, I think yeah, it, it wasn't his wasn't his best moment it, it, won't, it won't be appearing on his youtube clips will it quite interesting that we're, <laughs> quite interesting that we saw zaha doing the same thing at palace yeah but, but, yeah but zaha he's kind of you know he's a different type of character i think zaha is i want to say he's on his way up but you know obviously younger and he has this sort of almost like controlled anger i mean like he did it against tottenham at the weekend and he i think did he end up getting somebody sent off or end up getting a penalty or he, he did something and i think he ended up getting somebody sent off in the end and i thought god that's so typical because he, he acted like he did against us but still managed to get someone sent off and i think he got a penalty and he scored it in the end so the slight difference in the way he did it was i think welbeck was just pure frustration and then you can see that in him. And he's a player that actually I, I used to really like. I thought he was a great little player, but that's uh, that was a bit of a bit of a shame, bit of a shame moment. But um, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, no, no yeah. I mean, it was the it was the the fight. It was a, it was a like the head to head. It was like two stag rutting, wasn't it? It was Tanga, Tanganga, and uh, yeah, it, 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 it did. You know, it, it was a yellow card, and then he got sent off shortly afterwards. That's right. But listen, anyway, look, we've talked enough about the Brighton game. We've got it off our chest. We weren't used to it, but we've got a little bit more used to it now. Um, tell you what, though, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna get out of JB, because JB's got some facts and funk. And we were trying to work out when's the last time that Brentford lost a game that we were at. And uh, we were at Luton, and that's the game that we were at last but um, that was an away game, so not all Bees fans went to that. So JB, with his facts and funk, he's going to tell you exactly when's the last time we lost a game with fans at Griffin Park. Are you ready for this? I told you it was coming. Who? JB. And he's ready to stock it to you one time. Uh, get it. Hello, Jonathan Birchall here again. So Brighton was our first league defeat of the season. It was only the third league defeat in our new home, the last of which was 2-0 to Barnsley back on Valentine's Day. But the last time we physically had to leave a ground after a defeat was when Nottingham Forest beat us 1-0 at Griffin Park right back in January 2020. Now we're off to Wolves, who are one of only six teams who will be played in all our original top flight seasons and will meet again this year. Arsenal, Chelsea, Everton, Leeds and Liverpool being the others. Ironically, we lost the away game to them in the four good seasons we had and beat them in the 5th season, which saw us relegated. But we're still sitting in 10th place in the Premier League, which is higher than any of the sides promoted from the Championship in the last four seasons. 
who were Norwich twice, Fulham twice, Watford, West Brom, Leeds, Aston Villa, Sheffield United, Cardiff and Wolves. So there you go, JB with his facts and his funk. And that last game we lost at Griffin Park. I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask you if you were actually, because I know you went out for a beer there, lads. And uh, I don't know if you were listening to JB. Did you, did you, did you note which the game was that we, the last one we lost at Griffin Park? Did you, did you, do you remember that one, lady? Yes, I did. It was Nottingham Forest at home. No, you um, cheat. You cheat. Cheat. <laughs> cheat. Sorry. So, cheat, cheat like a cheat like a cheat like, cheat like Nottingham Forest. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I remember that game. It, it seemed a massive, massive game, mm. and it shows you how things have changed, doesn't it? You know, Forest at home now, it, it wouldn't, would it? So uh, I remember. You know, I remember yeah. after that game, you were, were slitting your wrists, lady. I, you know, I thought think you. I wasn't. There's no. No chance. Prove it in a court of law. <laughs> well, you're on. Well, you're on. I'll show you the bloodstained evidence. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah, yeah. No. The goalie was playing. He was. Um, he was really. He was really winding us up. Actually, wasn't he? He's. Uh, yeah. yeah the, the the, the there were there were rude words. Osama. There were rude words coming out. Rude words were coming out of your mouth, Mister uh, Mister Grant. It was disgraceful. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. No, he was really, really winding us up, and then they they got that goal where we um. What's it? They just they just sat back and sat back, and then all of a sudden they went bang, 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 scored the goal at the back of the net, and then went and defend. In fact, to be fair, this is for the Will Allsop as well. That was the game when we were in effect we were christened the spreadsheet wankers by by the by the Forest fans because uh, before that game, I think all the bees fans are saying, yeah, our XG is this, and not all the bees fans, but the the, the techie statty people were going, our XG is this, and your XG is like means that you should be in 18th place, and our XG should we, we should be like like five places above first place or something like that and it started some sort of kind of online war between the bees fans and the and the boris fans they've gnawed their own arms down to the elbow to be us now so yeah i'll I'll take the spreadsheet wanker insult and then i'll go (laughs) whatever in the unlikely event any forest fan is listening to this let me point out that brentford are currently 10th in the premier league Forest, oh. Forest are on their way to getting relegated out of the championship. Oh, you bitch! So, you you know. bitch! Oh. <laughs> and I would say that I've got lots of Forest chums, so I'm not sitting down there and not poking at them because at the end of the day, they do actually laugh now about the the, the, the winker thing, and they you know they do laugh. We do have a bit of a chuckle about it and just say, "God, Ooh. can you imagine those?" Bill, days ask them. Ask them the if day. they'll uh, swap one of their stars for. The, the a premier place in the prem. <laughs> oh, oh, you oh, bitch, oh, Mr. Lane, oh, you oh, bitch. This is this is this is this. Let's hope this doesn't come back and bite you in the bottom, Mr. Lane. You know it was saying? a question. It was a so question. Listen. It was just a question. It was a question. Oh, so innocent. And, uh, so going, innocent. and you're asking me to get the answer. I will call them later and see what they have to say about that. I did actually ask them about uh, their star. Um, and they were, you know, obviously, and they were very happy, you know, that they didn't sell him to us. Um, and, you know, I, I don't know. It's just, I think it's one of those things where it, I suppose it depends on where you're going, you know, um, you know, with, it depends where you're going as a team. It's not for us to say. And I know that if we had a player who we loved, we wouldn't want to sell him. And obviously a player is homegrown. But saying that, when Chris Mepham, he only played about 30 odd games for us. And then when, you know, Bournemouth came in, we went, okay, fair enough. And we kind of think we knew our time and our place. We said you should move on. Whereas all the fan, uh, all the Forest fans, like Brendan Johnson, you know, they said, "Oh yeah, we did sell him to Brentford. It's great." And I was just thinking, well, 
you know, maybe if you sold him, you could, and I'm not saying it, telling you what to do, but if you bought f- four or five players, you know, to, to boost your team, you know, that could actually help you in the situation that you're at because at the end of the day, he's one player and yes, he might take you to one level, but, you know, I think they need quite a few players to get them out of the predicament that they're in. But anyway, that's another conversation, isn't it? But listen, talking about spreadsheet winkers, we are going to go and talk about wolves in a minute because we've got spreadsheet winker and all sorts of characters on the other side of the break and they're going to talk to us and tell us what's going down in wolves so saturday we've got a game it's on the television it's not on sky it's actually on bt sport 12 30 kickoff i believe is right brentford are going to wolverhampton wanderers a place that we used to go to quite a lot place that we um well we went to quite a lot in the first division and also we went there quite a lot in the championship so we know them well they know us very well and it's a bit of a well familiar away day for us so looking forward to that um tell you what though Wolves have been in the Premier League for a few years now and I've got no idea what's going on so we thought we'd go to Rick from the Wolves fancast he's giving us the lowdown on Wolverhampton Wanderers Hi, it's Rich from Wolves Fancast here. We are the longest running and the first independent Wolves podcast. Um, there is starting back when, well, we were in Premier League the first time, to be honest, about 11 years ago. Um, and now there's quite a few knocking about. Um, you know, really great to see all this fan run content over COVID. We've kind of tried to diversify and we've been doing it the last couple of years as well, and talking about subjects that. We relate to stuff that doesn't always get as much press as other things and ones we really want to highlight that are important to us, like mental health, racism, football, um, and some even kind of just more light-hearted stuff like football films because that's always a, a fun one to talk about. So, yeah, it, lockdown was interesting for Wolves. Um, you know, I think it kind of opened up a few things um, about the club and a few flaws that were probably a bit hidden underneath with Nuno and it really kind of came apparent last season but it's good to be back um, playing in front of um, you know, seeing, seeing the games with full stadiums yeah it's been a while since Wolves have played Brentford we had a bit of time together um, I guess sort of earlier in the, the two 2010s particularly that League One season when we both got promoted and we're sort of a bit head and head um, for a large amount of that time. I remember, um, I think the first time we played you guys at home, it was a really, really strong competitive game. And I know it highlighted to me that Brentford weren't just a team who were in good form. They had a bit about them, which, you know, I think Leighton Orient did quite well that season before dropping up. And they were just a team in good form, whereas Brentford showed a bit. And it's been great to see how they've pushed on. Um, in recent years even if it's been a bit bridesmaid but never a bride up until um, last season you know we've had some really kind of good fun games against Brentford we obviously we had one um, in League One where we won 3-0 um, we also had that one um, in the Championship as well I think we've never scored a fantastic free kick and you know again we're working it really hard and because Brentford are a good team even when we're in the Championship and we're a new Championship team so to speak they were still a difficult opponent and played interesting football and went about things differently. And I always find it fascinating to watch teams who are a bit more of a project than anything else. Um, 
and you know have a way of trying to do things i think that's what resonates with people about walls as well but you know it's been fascinating since you know we, we were playing together back in those league one days how the two clubs have gone about their business um you know two very different ideologies you could argue um but yeah as i say it's, it's been fantastic to sort of see how you know we've both ended up in the Premier League now together again um, so hopefully it'll be a good game Saturday as well I'm really uh, yeah keen to sort of see what Brentford can do as I say they've always been a good team playing in good football interesting ideology behind the scenes as well and very community driven club as well um, where I say sort of ideology and we can talk about the numbers and you know, blah 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 but actually you know the heart of it there's a, there's a really strong community value to it and I think that's always important with a football club um, I mean with what four games into the league now you, you'll have seen that actually there is still a level of anyone can beat anyone you know particularly outside that top six there is there's points attainable um, but you don't half get punished if you're not careful and that I used to just sort of not kind of believe it in a way with um you know when we said the difference between sort of different tiers but you is just so much more ruthless and clinical in the premier league you know if you have that one defensive slip up you, you are going to concede um i right it might not be the best to watch sometimes but you can see why the likes of burnley set their stalls out of not wanting to lose necessarily rather than going out to win because if you're not on your A game defensively, you, you will get punished. And if it's a matchup of you trying to outscore your opponents, I hate to break it to you, it just doesn't happen, does it? Um, so, yeah, that, that's been the big thing I've noticed. Also, the amount of time or lack thereof, um, you know, players get on the ball. Ruben Neves ran the show in the championship. It's literally only taken him until now to grow and develop his game to get the opportunities and the space he did four years ago um, and you know whether, whether that's through the opposition pressing him so he doesn't have as much space or you know players at opposition in different areas of the pitch cutting out those passing lanes that made him so deadly that you know that raking ball over the top to a flying wing back he wasn't able to play anymore because they were just smarter positionally um, so those are the two things I, you know, I've definitely picked up on yeah, um, Wolves last season, it wasn't a great affair. Um, the players looked run down. There was no pre-season. I think it was about 10 days between our game against Seville um, in the Europa League to the first game of the new season. So the players were laggy and they were almost going off muscle memory and knowing they had good players. Um, but we, were, we started the season actually all right up until Jimenez's injury. Um, horrific as it was but we didn't really have any adequate replacements because they liked this small squad um, and we stayed relatively injury free but it kind of all came to a point and all kind of fell downhill at that point and Nuno seemed to run out of ideas He'd, it seemed to be football by numbers for most of 2020 anyway um, and there had been sort of cracks that started to form in different places um, but it really came to a head um, the second half of the year um, season even when we looked weak at the back and uninspiring going forward and you know still got a lot of love and respect for him um, as you can imagine you know he's a manager we you know we got promoted with who played some of our best football had some of our biggest memories with 
but at the same time you can't hold on to that forever um, as a football fan and you need to know when to when to let go so to speak and I think the timing was right I think everyone saved face just enough that not the entire fan base turned sour against him everyone sort of just about understood it it seemed mutual enough so yeah um, but at the same time we, we still had some great moments we still had some good wins players like Pedro Neto is unfortunately out injured this season uh, for, for the main part really stepped up and showed what he's about as well um, and even players like Max Kilman, who have been on periphery for a while showed that he could be in com- he can be a competent Premier League defender as well and he's pushed on this season as well so last season it was poor it was boring which is never a great sign when it comes to a football team if you if it's dull and it's drab, football should be exciting, it should be fun, you should be wanting to want it, and it was a real hard thing to do for a large part of last season. You can blame COVID as much as you want, but I don't know, there's something deeper in that for um, for me. Um, yeah, it was a transfer window this season, sort of jumping off last season, we all knew we had a small squad, um, and large amounts of it hadn't been improved to be honest since we went up to the Premier League um, you know whether it was that championship team or that first transfer window we are still playing with a midfield two of Neves and Matinho which has never 100% clipped don't get me wrong they're fantastic players me complaining about having Ruben Neves and João Matinho as our midfield two I appreciate you know there will be very few um, violins out for me but We've not looked at improving it that much, and the fact that we only have three centre midfielders with Dendonka anyway needed improving. Same defensively, we had a lot of our players have been designed to fit in a three at the back system, um, and people being converted to play there. Connor Cody, um, traditionally a midfielder, now plays great in the middle of a back three, but he's converted. Sace and Dendonka play in a back three as well, but they also midfielders, and it was a little bit square pegs and round holes. So I was hoping for more numbers in midfield and more quality in defence. We didn't really get either, if we're being honest. However, we have recruited Huang um, to give a bit more competition up front. We've recruited Trincao as well, who I think's um, going to be a real star player. Uh, four walls on the right-hand side. Gives us a bit more guile to Adama Chayo's pure speed, power and aggression. Um... So, the transfer window wasn't 100%. Again, I'd have liked to have seen another midfielder just from a numbers perspective, and I would have liked to have seen us take a step up in terms of um, defenders as well, just for an upgrade point of view, because we're at that point where we need to take that step up, and we've got quite a few really good squad players, but that doesn't mean they're great first 11 players, and we've kind of hit that point of a club need to unfortunately be a bit ruthless with some of these players who have been fantastic servants for the club. Um, but the time might have um, come for some of these, in my opinion, um, which again pains me. Pains me to say. Um, as I sort of said, going to this season, um, I think we'll be expecting, and this game even, we'll probably be expecting a pretty consistent lineup from what we've seen the last couple of games. Um, Jose Sarr, who joined on loan, bit of a, almost a merry-go-round goalkeepers with Patricio going, Sarr, and a Portuguese goalie. Surprise, surprise. Uh, coming in the next, uh, essentially the next day. Um, back three will probably be Kilman, Cody, probably Sace. Don't think Bolly's back to full fitness yet. 
Um, Wing-backs in Marcel on the left, Semedo on the right. Neves has started the season fantastically. Um, you look at his stats, comp- in, 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 I think in pretty much most games he's played, he's led the passing stats, but he's also um, led in the defensive tackling stats for midfielders as well. He is showing everything he's about at the moment. You're looking at the front line as well of a Traore, Jimenez and Trincao most likely. I can't see Huang starting out of those ahead of those three just yet. Um, Jimenez hasn't quite got off the mark this season, but you look at his injury he had less than a year ago. It's going to take him time, and I think all Wolves signs have got full faith in that happening. Traore, if he could score, he would be a world beater, but unfortunately he doesn't score, so it might be one of those where... Brentford of the lucky opponents where he finally finds his shooting boots. Um, and as I mentioned, Trincao's a really tricky, fun player to watch. He seems to pick up the ball in great positions. He's got that positional wench you expect from somebody from Barcelona. Um, and hopefully he can really sort of kick on in this division. There's still a lot of work he needs to do in terms of building up a bit more strength, um, like we've seen with the likes of Neto, in particular for Wolves. He's really kind of bulked up to match some of the physicality of this league and I think Trincao's got everything about him to do that um, in terms of where our weak points are I would say potentially um, say so he plays left wing back, uh, left centre half just because again great servant, on his day he can be a fantastic defender in a back three but he can be a bit suspect and that's where I think we can get poked at Samedo on the right hand side I like him but he can sometimes just drift a little bit defensively, um, particularly towards the latter end of games last season. We were we were finding, and he's also a bit frustrating going forward. We were used to Matt Doty the last couple of years, um, who'd be great at finishing. Whereas Samedo's getting now getting in those positions doesn't quite have the same uh, clinical nature. Um, in terms of how we play, we, we are really strong. Um, in possession at the moment with a lot of movement there's a lot of creativity to try and manipulate space um, going forward and defensively it's about keeping it tight and steady at the back but you'll see lots of movement from the two centre halves um, on the left and the right of Cody to try and exploit additional space as well and a little bit I was going to say total football pass and move as well which is which is great to see um, I'm really interested to um, see Ivan Tony play obviously um, you know he's, he's got a hatful of goals last season um, so you know it, it, it's one of those where I'm kind of interested to sort of see if he can hit the ground running in the Premier League because it's such a different kettle of fish he uh, he does need to you know show, show what he can do to be fair I've got full faith in him um, as well to be honest in terms of a couple of other um, players um, I, I, I enjoy the centre halves um, from um, I was going to say from Denmark from Scandinavia. You've got Pontus Janssen who did well at Leeds. I've sort of seen a bit of him. Interested to sort of see how he comes against some more trickier players that we've got. Um, trying to think of another player off the top of my head because I, I say from what I've seen, there's a couple of really um, I say interesting players that you, you've you've got um, Matthias Jensen as well. Um, it's someone who I've seen a couple of times as well. Um, he seems to be um, a, a, a really good midfielder as well. So be interested to see how um, someone like him matches against Nevis and Martinho for me. Um, score prediction. I'm going to go for 
you know what? Um, I hate to say it because um, I like you guys, but I think it's going to be a 3 1 Wolves job. I think that now we've got off the mark, we've beaten Watford, we've found our goal scoring boots. I, I think we can find that clinical nature that we've perhaps missed the first few games this season. So there you go, Rick from the Wolves fancast. Good guy, Rick. We used to talk to him loads when we were in the first division and in the championship, and then he left us and went on some sort of kind of journey to the Premier League. But now we're back again, and we're going to meet on Saturday. So we'll see how that goes. Good, good little insight into Wolverhampton Wanderers there as well. I have to admit, though, the little fear that I have with Wolverhampton is, and I keep saying this about the chance creation, about you know, listen, maybe we're keeping it tight, maybe we know what, exactly what we're doing. But the thing is that Wolves. <laughs> they're the exact opposite they're creating loads of chances loads of high quality chances just not putting them in the back of the net and Traore seems to be on fire not quite in fire enough to score goals and I'm a bit worried that the game that he will score in the end will be against us we got Will the spreadsheet winker and he's going to give us the lowdown statistically on what's going down with Wolves Spreadsheet So, what are the two main things to look out for against Wolves? Firstly, they are this year's Brighton in the Premier League. Despite only having three points so far, Wolves have outcreated their opponents in all four of their games this season. They comfortably create more than 1.5 XG in a game and have in fact created 8.56 XG so far this season, whilst only scoring three goals, comfortably the worst underperformance in the Premier League. Their strikers have struggled to convert excellent chances in the box into goals, and in their most recent game, a 2-0 win against Watford, despite winning on XG by 2.53 to 0.26, they only scored because of an own goal in the 73rd minute, and a huge 72% opportunity in the 83rd minute, when Watford just sort of forgot how to defend. So, even with this 2-0 win, they missed 1.42 XG of massive chances in the box, about the same that Bees have created in the last two games put together. They've not solved their issue in front of goal just yet, and our defenders need to keep at them and make sure they keep missing these chances. Second, Bees might struggle to create against their defence a little bit. In three out of four games, the opposition to Wolves have created less than one XG. This is especially important because the Bees have created their lowest XG tally of the season against Brighton, only managing 0.48 XG in the match. And this is the least we've created in a league game since losing 2-0 to Coventry last season. I know, that was shit. And it included only one large chance in the box, and Burmo blazing over off a of Tony Cross in the 26th minute. We'll probably need to do better against Wolves' attack in this match, where Brighton only created and scored from a tiny 0.08 XG chance. Wolves' attackers will easily create enough to score more than one goal. This, for me, is probably the toughest game so far this season. We're going to need to be on it in attack and in defence to keep those high XG chances going wide or being saved. So there you go, Will Alsop, otherwise known as the Spreadsheet Winker, christened by the Nottingham Forest fans. Laney, the fear on Saturday, or just let's go up there and just do our thing? Uh, we have to do our thing. We have to just be really focused and um, just not be, not, be, not be swayed by, by anything. You know, uh, you know Wolves are a, a decent team. You know, you mentioned Triore. Um, he is the Premier League Akafemwa. He's he is you know he's a, an absolute mountain of a bloke. Um, you wouldn't want to mark him um, with him running at you. It's it's a you know it's an incredible um, 
it's it will scare scare the life out of anyone. It, 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 whatever the bejesus, probably probably <laughs> the bejesus. Yeah, um, but he's you know he's he's a player that uh, a lot of other teams are looking at because he's he's more than just bulk. He's he's incredibly skillful. Um, very fast for a big bloke, um, and he's got an incredible shot on him. So we're up against it. N- not only that, you know, they've, they've, they've got they've got you know top European level players uh, in every position. The thing that they haven't got is an experienced head coach at the moment. Um, he's still trying to find a way of imposing his style. They they create a lot of chances. Um, they've not taken a lot of chances, and we have to hope that continues. But we, have, we, I, I don't think we change anything. Stay, stay, stay tight at the back, um, and, and play up. Just play our football. I, I, there's no reason for us to change anything. Not at all. I mean, the liberal. Just to just to just show you where where they're about. Okay, so Wolves, their strengths. They create chances through individual skill. Very good at that. They're very good at stealing the ball from the opposition. They're good at creating scoring chances, counter-attacks, protecting the lead, and also defending set pieces. Where they're weak at, though, is avoiding individual errors. And they're very weak at finishing and avoiding offside. You know, they normally go through the middle and down the right. They take a lot of shots. Um, they normally play, you know, you know what you're going to get with Wolves. They play with the same first 11 as well. They love the offside trap. And uh, normally, their opponents are quite aggressive Against them. I mean, does that kind of fill you with a little bit of trepidation? The word counterattacks worries me um, slightly because, uh, given how well we've been pressing this season, I mean, our pressing game has been really impressive uh, the, the, the three games I've seen live. And I think that uh, if you take your eye off the ball um, and, and let the counterattacks develop, that could be our weakness if we're pressing too high up, up, up the pitch. Other than that, I, I agree with Laney. I mean, you know, they have got some quality. I'm looking forward to seeing Danny Rose, actually. I've always rated Danny Rose as, as a decent player, and he started for them last Saturday, and hopefully will, <coughs> well, presumably will start for them again this Saturday as well. Um, they've got some creative players, so have we. I'm, you know, this is a good test, actually, because Wolves are what I would call one of the higher-ranking middle table Premier League teams if that makes sense so I think this is a good test for us about where we stand um, going on away we've got to be solid in the defence stand up to those counter attacking attacks there will be lots of ball to feet I suggest as well so yeah no I'm looking forward to it and uh, it will be a good test for us it's interesting Laney because the, the winker believes that this is going to be our toughest game so far. And, and if you look at it, we keep right. on playing every game. We keep on saying everyone's going to be our toughest. I mean, I thought Brighton's going to be tough. And before that, Villa's going to be tough. I mean, it's probably because you started off with Arsenal and beat them. But he actually reckons it's going to be our toughest game so far. Do you agree with him? Probably. Although I thought Danny Rose plays for Watford. But, you know, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be corrected on that. Um, no, 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 no. Right, no uh, he's, he's not. I mean, you know, you go through their team. You know, sorry, you're right. You're yeah, sorry, Dave, you're right. Ruben sorry, Neves. You're right, yeah. Raul Jimenez, you got Joel Moutinho, you got um, Dendonka. It, they they got some incredible talent there, and um, it's, uh, uh, it, it, well, each one, every game is going to be the toughest yet, I think, because every team is also um, 
finding their feet. Um, it's pro- it probably would have been better if we played uh, Wolves when we played Crystal Palace or, or, the, or, the, or the game after, you know, the, the Aston Villa match probably, because they were still struggling. Um, they, at least they've scored now. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, it's something that we need to be slightly more fearful of, is that at least they know that they can score. Um, but you know it, it will be what it will be. You know if it's if it's two defeats on the bounce, we'll have to adapt to that because it won't be the only time that happens this season. It's it, it's something that we all have to stay calm about. I think. That's yeah, sorry, I've got my I've got my W. I've written Rose and W, and I got my W's mixed up. Sorry. Uh, so yeah. right. you, so you're yeah, looking yeah. at your you know your to do list for the weekend when you had to buy some flowers for the <laughs> for the missus was it um, the liberal? But anyway, look, thirtieth anniversary this week. Yeah. Okay. Congratulations on that. So look, I mean, so I mean, we're talking about Wolverhampton Wanderers. I've got to just sort of flip off a little bit because we're playing Oldham on Tuesday in the uh, in the League Cup, as they call it. And uh, is this a bit of an Banana skin. I'm just wondering if, just quickly, do you think it might be a bit of a banana skin, Laney? Because we we won't. We're going to talk about maybe mention it a little bit on the Sunday. You know, maybe a little bit. We'll have an interview with an Oldham fan. But I'm just thinking, do you think that is banana skin, or is our total focus on 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 Wolves? Sorry, we've got everything to lose on against uh, Oldham. They, we've we've they're bottom of the Division Two. They're like hemorrhaging goals. Um, we should we should win that just by walking on the pitch. We know that that isn't the attitude and it won't be the attitude that we adopt so uh you know we we mentioned it earlier it is very important that we 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 field the fringe players but if we learn anything from the forest green rovers is that we do need to have some of the first teamers probably in there from the start i'd i'd in that game i'd start stronger and then take them off rather than the other way around. Let's win the game in the first half and then let's experiment more in the second, I'd say. So coming back to this Wolverhampton Wanderers match, Laney, give us a score prediction. Uh, 1-1. Liberal Nick? As long as Danny Rose isn't playing, 1-0 to Brentford. Oh, and I'm going to go with Laney. I'm going to go for one. I'm not allowed to go. I can't go the same, can I? I'm going to go uh, 2 all. I'm going to go two. All. I'm going to go for a two-all draw for this one. So, uh, listen, got that off our chest. This is the Besotted Pride of West London podcast. Thanks for supporting us on Kofi Besotted.com forward slash beer. Don't forget to subscribe to us as well. Pride of West London. We've got the weekend review on Sunday. We'll have somebody else on with us on Sunday talking about the Wolves match as well. Podcast going to be next week on Wednesday, Thursday. We'll be doing that as well. So we've got all sorts coming up. We've got the Liverpool game. So I think we might have a little special as well. Not that other fans never, aren't special. Never heard, you know? never heard of them. We've never heard of him. It's going to be a late kickoff on that one as well. We've also bought trains for Burnley. We've bought, you know, we're going to have a long drink up for Liverpool the following week. We'll talk about that in the week as well. But listen, other than that, I'm Billy Grant here and I sit in the Laney. Good afternoon. We've got the Liberal Nick. Good afternoon, everybody. It's all good. We're looking forward to Wolves. We're going to get there. We're going to get out early, have a drink before the game. Today, we're looking forward Come to on, Come on, you bees. Let's do those Come on, you Come on, you bees. Toasters, I think they call them. Toasters, isn't it? Toasters. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. 
Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.